Hey everyone, it's Chris Campbell with another Resolutions Rundown, an abbreviated podcast where we give you the rundown on great mental health. Let me start today's rundown with a confession. I I tend to be a glass half full sort of guy. You probably wouldn't guess that about me until you get to know me. But my wife, my kids, my family, my friends, they, they will tell you that I tend to notice the potential problems, the deficiencies, the faults in my circumstances. And, and most of the time, I, I think, I believe, I can keep this in check. I, I realize that I occupy a position of influence, so I want to be sure to set a positive example. But on the inside, if I'm totally honest, it's quite natural for my thoughts to drift into pessimism, doubt, and skepticism. How about this example for unchecked negative thinking? I I get an idea that could lead to a measurable improved quality of life or, or a breakthrough. And then the negative thoughts start to come. Of course, something will go wrong. It always does. I, I just can't seem to catch a break. Don't get your hopes up, Chris. You will only be disappointed. And once it starts, this, this type of negative thinking is it's, it's like a faucet that begins to flow wide open, and it is hard to shut off the valve. And what comes next is outwardly complaining and, frankly, whining. When I was a kid, my, my parents used to watch this country music variety show called Hee Haw. Uh, you, should, you should Google that or, or check it out on YouTube. Anyway, there was a segment in every episode where a few performers dressed up like downtrodden hillbillies. They would then, through music and a certain song, make self-deprecating jokes and, and cry about their circumstances in a humorous way. The theme song for the segment was catchy, and I can still recite it from memory today. Here's how it went. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression. Excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. (laughs) Kid you not. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Now, I only watched that show while I was in elementary school, but for whatever reason, the lyrics stuck with me. And I wonder how much my subconscious still wants to validate those lyrics. I have caught myself humming that stanza in disbelief as an adult. And as I said... Negativity has been an ongoing battle for me. But, but I want you, our listeners, to know that I found a way to overcome the negativity. Let, let me explain. So some time ago, my wife and I were in the Canadian Rockies. It was an incredible trip full of great weather, fantastic scenery, and epic hiking. Every day I got up early to experience the sunrise, pray, and reflect. And one morning, while I was focusing on a Bible passage, I noticed the intrusion of pessimism. <laughs> I, I thought, what is wrong with me? I'm, I'm on an extraordinary vacation, and I'm worrying about future circumstances. 
I'm predicting that something will inevitably go wrong today. Can't I just have some peace? Can I just stay positive? And then it hit me. The passage I was reading actually had the help I was looking for. And I want to share this passage with you. It's from the book of Philippians in the Bible, chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. It says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, by way of context, the author, the Apostle Paul, wrote these words while incarcerated under Roman house arrest. He was waiting to stand trial for his faith in Jesus Christ. And this was a two-year period where Paul's work, his ministry, his life had been disrupted and seemingly derailed. And yet during this setback, Paul was able to stay positive and hopeful. And I think it's important that we understand, you know, where Paul was and the circumstances he was facing as he writes this letter. And I know the very introduction of a Bible passage runs the risk of provoking doubt in many of us. Even though we can politely listen on the outside, on the inside, we might be thinking something like, hey, I know what the Bible says, but things seldom work out in life as they read in the Bible. But if you would, put your caution aside for a minute and let's think about what this passage of Scripture is saying. First of all, this passage gives us permission to shift our focus away from fretting. It says, don't worry. Yes, there are things I can and should be wisely concerned about. And yes, I have free will to try and make good things come about in my life and in the lives of others. But worry never, never takes away tomorrow's trouble. Preparing yourself for anticipated displeasure is no way to live. And give yourself some credit. Trust that with God's help, family and friends, you will be able to withstand disappointment. Worry is really just mentally fussing over a potential problem or disadvantage. So don't resist the urge. Instead, the Bible says we can pray. We can pray about everything. Everything. Think about that. God invites me to tell him about my hopes, my fears, my dreams, my wants, my needs. The things that I think are essential, God wants to hear about it. All of it. But there is a catch. While God invites me to offload my worry on him, I am to simultaneously practice gratitude or thankfulness. So there it is. 
As I watched the sun rise over a majestic mountain range that morning, I realized that if I can master the practice of gratitude while simultaneously telling God what I'm concerned about, then I put myself in a place to receive one of the best Bible promises. And that is, I will experience God's peace in a pervading way that defies logic. God's peace will come upon me regardless of my current or pending circumstances. And God's peace will guard my heart and mind. <laughs> let's, let's think about that promise. Maybe, maybe a better way to state this promise is the peace of God, when embedded in my heart and mind, will preserve both my emotions and my essential thinking by keeping me positive as I live my life in Christ Jesus. That, that passage that morning hit me like a lightning bolt. I need an attitude of gratitude in order to experience God's peace. So, with a renewed sense of determination and a better strategy, I, I committed to learn how to do what the Bible was instructing. I am already skilled in the process of pointing out my concerns to God. I'm, I'm really good at complaining. But how do I train myself in thankfulness? Maybe you can relate. It turns out that it's not as hard as I, as I once imagined. Uh, training myself to be thankful is simply a matter of redirecting my focus. And here's the way that works best for me. Twice a day... In the morning when I start moving into the day and in the evening as I'm preparing to sleep, I pause and write at least three things that I'm thankful or grateful for. Yes, I write these things down because it helps to really engage my mind and direct my focus. And yes, after I count my blessings, I say them out loud so I can hear it in my own voice. And as I say it out loud... I do so in the form of prayer. Heavenly Father, dear God, I want to say thank you for, and then I say it. Whatever I've written, whatever I've noticed, I make sure to express my gratitude to God out loud in the form of prayer. And what I've noticed is that the intentional verbal gratitude displaces all the verbal complaining that I'm prone to do. And I just keep at it every day. It doesn't take much time at all. And I tell you that I found that within about 30 days, I had established a new habit of appreciation instead of worry, pessimism, and grumbling. Once the new habit of gratitude was established, I found that thoughts of thanks began to pop into my mind on a frequent basis throughout the day. And, and when this phenomenon started to happen, I, I learned to just take a moment, notice it, think about it. And again, I whisper my gratitude out loud in the form of prayer. Or if somebody is nearby, I, I share with them, I tell them what I'm thankful for. You might not know this, but the Bible assures us that every good thing in our life ultimately comes from God himself. It's what we refer to as common grace. God loves to give good things. It was super cold this morning, so 
I'm grateful for a warm house and a warm office. It's usually dark when I start the day this time of year, and I'm thankful for electricity. I had a a good cup of coffee and a few M&Ms today. I'm thankful. (laughs) I have people in my life who I love, and they love me. I have another day of life, and with it comes the opportunity to help and encourage others. You, you see where I'm going with this. Gratitude and thankfulness in conjunction with, with bringing my concerns to God will protect me from being a curmudgeon or a grouchy old man. It, it works. It works for me, and it will work for you as well. And as you make this consistent practice, I promise you, Here is what will begin to happen for real. The peace of God becomes embedded in your psyche. It defies natural logic, but it offsets worry and creates harmony that is realized in body, soul, and spirit. So, in this resolutions rundown, my my challenge for all of us is to be Intentional with offloading our worry to God and simultaneously acknowledging our blessings. Do it every day. This, this Christmas season, think about the simple things that bring you joy. Think about the obstacles you've been able to, to overcome this year. Think about the people who have made a difference in your life. Think about the ways you've been able to grow because of difficult circumstances and, and obstinate people. And be thankful, be thankful, be thankful out loud to God. Think about common grace, the necessities of food, clothing, shelter, friendship, sunshine, your favorite dessert, your, your, your go-to playlist, your favorite joke, modern transportation, state-of-the-art communication, advanced medicine, the opportunity to serve others, to live, to breathe, to laugh, write it down, say it out loud, and let your focus shift from what's wrong in your life to what is right. And while I'm at it, let me, let me also invite you to consider saving grace. The Christmas season invites us to consider the revelation of God's favor, God's provision, and God's love by way of him reducing himself to take on the flesh and blood of a human being so that we might comprehend his divinity, so that we might encounter his great love, so that mankind could have expiation or forgiveness and cleansing from our sins, so that we could be in unfaltering union through Jesus Christ with our Creator God. Here are a couple of special passages that emphasize saving grace for your consideration. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe upon him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is probably the most famous of all Bible verses. That was spoken by Jesus himself, giving us assurance of God's love and who Jesus Christ is. Another great passage comes to us again from the Apostle Paul, and this time it's in 
the book of Ephesians. And in chapter 2, verse 4, Paul says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When you're tempted to give in to worry and your worry provokes pessimism and doubt, voice your concerns to God, count your blessings, and by faith embrace the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Believe in Him. And you, too, will experience the embedded peace of God in a miraculous way. And that's your Resolutions Rundown.